listening to On the Turnbuckle on my podcast house, and that was the music of the macho man Randy Savage, my favourite wrestler of all time. Lyle? Yeah, he's not my favourite wrestler. Well, should be. It's a good song. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, so you would have been over the moon with the win, mate. I may have started four or five new Facebook accounts to make sure that he got over the line. Yep. Uh, he defeated Mr. Perfect. I don't want to say it was an easy win, but it was probably always going to be. Yeah. Um, it was probably always going to be. And we're joined by a special guest today. Yeah. Oh, that's me. Hi, guys. How are you going? <laughs> we're all well. And yourself? That's good. Um, I'm also well. Um, yeah, what a busy three days of watching wrestling it's been, though. I'm a bit over watching wrestling. Don't say that's a score. I, <laughs> um, I haven't watched that much wrestling this week. I watched Raw in 20 minutes and SmackDown in 20 minutes and had to force myself to do it, to be honest. Yeah, um, I'm not used to the early start, so I did have a couple of naps during Evolution, but only during the replayed um, packages that they put in the pre-show, in case you don't watch the full thing. Yes, well, we'll obviously get onto that in the second half of the show, because we've got a special guest on the line. On the line, we are joined by uh, EPW's own Mr. Damien Slater. How are you going, mate? I'm doing fantastic. I'm feeling every every emotion under the sun now, heading up to reawakening this Saturday night. But uh, otherwise, I'm I'm doing swimmingly. That's the seventeenth reawakening, which yeah, in terms of Australian independent wrestling, is amazing. It's massive. It's massive. It's starting mean, sixteen years of EPW. That's a long time and a long time to keep an annual tradition like reawakening. Which for anyone who has experienced it, it is. The, uh, I guess we could call it the WrestleMania of uh, Perth wrestling. So, yeah, it's a, it's a massive achievement, and um, every year we look forward to that special day. And I assume that there was some, you know, there's some years where it was harder to sell tickets than others, but at the moment, obviously, it'll be a little bit easier than it has been. Um, it, like any wrestling, it does have its, uh, you know, peaks and valleys. We, when I first started coming to EPW, which was around about 2005. At that point, they'd started to get a really, really big uh, following. I mean, especially for wrestling back then, when you wouldn't necessarily expect many people to come out because of you know exposure wasn't as great. But EPW was was kind of seen as the leading force in Australian wrestling when I started um, coming there. Anyway, which is, was roughly reawakening five, reawakening six times. So um, yeah, we started hot. There, there have been a few times when attendance has dropped and and that kind of thing. But I feel like with independent wrestling in a boom at the moment we have seen a rise in attendance we've seen a rise in passion and interest and especially the online fan base has grown so yeah i'm super keen to see how it is from from what i've heard so far the venue is is not too far off being sold out and we're still days away and these are the days when we usually sell the most tickets so yeah i'm quietly excited i think it's going to be an amazing night and how are you feeling with the uh the nerves uh, big high expectations for this uh, the big big uh, ladder match coming up mate yeah uh, this is probably my 8th or ninth ladder match I probably shouldn't be nervous considering but I, it's been a long long time since I've been this I think scared would be the best word and, and not just scared for me scared for my opponents scared for my partner scared for everything it's I mean I'm, I'm kind of in the ring with a bunch of psychopaths to put it likely so 
Uh, we've already torn each other apart under in, in a street fight in three stages of hell, and, and this was kind of like the the big kicker to top it off. I've actually got a fear of heights, and um, that's probably not the best thing to have coming into a match like this. But you know, when the when the music hits and when the lights are shining, that all seems to go away. So I'm I'm, I'm confident, but I am nervous. That's awesome. And sorry. We're just sort of uh, getting to grips with each other in the studio here because our <laughs> usual leader and uh, technical guy's not here, which we had technical difficulties that no one would have hopefully heard before we started. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, when WWE came calling a couple of years ago. Uh, how did that come about? So we had a, a tryout in 2014 in Melbourne, Um I believe it was Rod Laver, wherever the um, wherever the Raw tour was on that night, um, and that was the first time where it was a, a proper full blown two day tryout, invite only. There were uh, thirty eight people invited um, who came down from all over Australia, and I mean previously to that, that they'd looked at people when they came over, but it was kind of like a just a bit of a last minute. All right, you know, we've heard about a couple of you. We'll give you a quick look before the show, but th- this was a full blown tryout, two days. Uh, with Bill Zamot and, and Canyon Seaman, the head of talent, uh, watching on, um, and and fortunately through my uh, through my friendship with uh, Tennille Dashwood, um, she put in a good word with uh, William Regal, and, and they asked me to, to participate. So that was my first exposure to, to them, and we we did the tryout. It went as well as it could have. Um, it was the same tryout that uh, the Iconics were signed from. Um, they came to. A Wrestle Rampage show in Adelaide, actually, two days after the tryout on a Sunday. Um, we ran a show and they attended. And, and I mean, nowadays, uh, I know William Regal goes and watches uh, plenty of, of local shows in, in America and, and they, they tend to always find themselves independent shows. But for its time, I mean, it was only 2014, but that wasn't something that happened. So for them to come was a pretty crazy experience. I wrestled... Uh, who did I wrestle? I wrestled Jonah Rock. Of course I wrestled Jonah Rock. <laughs> I wrestled Jonah Rock in, in the main event um, with a severe virus that I had caught a day prior. So um, I was head over a bin throwing up as my entrance music hit and I went out there and had a 20-plus minute uh, battle with the King of Monsters. And um, yeah, from that, they they said to us that they wanted to keep in touch. Um, unfortunately, none of the male talent were signed from from that tryout but there were a few of us they kept in touch with over the next year and um it got to the point where i was i think i was just tired of of waiting around um not that i expected anything to happen i knew that the the chances were always slim but i just got tired of waiting and i I pretty much in one of my conversations with uh with canyon seaman i just said look i'm willing to to go there and have another tryout if you, you know if you want to give me another look i'll i'll bring myself to the performance center and do that and uh he was all for it, and uh, unfortunately, the dates clashed um, with one of my overseas trips. So he said instead I could go to the Ohio uh, Arnold Classic Festival and have a, another tryout there, which was a live tryout. So I, uh, I flew myself over for the for the week, and I um, I did a little bit of a tour with the NXT roster and just kind of hung out backstage and and met the crew and uh yeah i had a live tryout for for two days in front of a few thousand people which was a a fun a fun time um but it was there that they 
clued me in on this big uh, thing that was coming up. Um, they wouldn't tell me what it was. They just said they wanted to uh, sign me for that. And, um, yeah, we, we, we locked it in. And, and over those few months, I quickly learned what the uh, Cruiserweight Classic was and what it was going to be. And now, how was the overall experience of the the uh, Cruiserweight Classic, mate? Uh, by far the best experience I've had in, in pro wrestling. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how to put it into words. It was... It still feels surreal, uh, even though it's well in the past. Um, we, we we were treated incredibly. Uh, there was no there was no sense of walking on eggshells or feeling inferior or anything that you may have heard. I mean, we we were treated as equals. They led us into their performance center for a week, and um, you know they, they they basically let us have their playground. And yeah, we got treated with nothing but respect. We we picked their brains for a week and. And then obviously we got to go out there and be who we were. There were no no real restrictions put on us. It was just go out there and, and show us why we noticed you in the first place. So um, yeah, I, I feel incredibly privileged to, to be kind of a part of a part of history, first ever, only ever uh, cruiserweight classic. And uh, yeah, it's something I'll never forget. Because it was a revolutionary tournament, and uh, it's something that I really enjoyed watching and was sort of hoping that they might do as an annual event uh how often do you get it out on the network at all do you ever bring it out and have a look uh not really i mean i i i'm I'm sure i thrashed it when it first came out (laughs) i tend to to pick apart everything i do a hundred times but i haven't watched it too often since every now and then like highlights or whatever will come up and i'll check it out but um yeah i mean i've I've seen it enough times that I, i kind of know I know how it is. I don't like watching myself over and over because I just I tend to find more and more things wrong. So yeah, I, I watched it at the time and that was just surreal. Um, yeah, just 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 strange, just weird. I'm just gonna say it was weird. It's weird. It was st- it's still weird. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, I can't ask for much more than that. So a crazy time. That was a crazy time for me, and, and things were were really insane for most of 2016 afterwards. And um, 2016, you were the number 362nd uh, pro wrestler in the world, according to oh, the PWI, mate. Awesome. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, quite an achievement. I've, there's been a few times, I think even before that, like when I was real real young and green and inexperienced, I think I found my way in there somehow. So oh, That, that would be I, 2009 when you were 343. <laughs> there you go. So, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, a lot of competition in the world. Somehow, when I was just wrestling in Adelaide in front of a uh, hundred people, I was ranked higher than I was <laughs> after wrestling the Cruiserweight Classic. It's just how it goes, you know. The Performance Center uh, for a guy who's mostly wrestled independently. How mind blowing is walking into there the first time? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's the ultimate pro wrestling facility. Would, not just pro wrestling, but just training facility. It was. Um, I think uh, seeing it on TV, it looks it looks cool. It looks crazy. It looks massive, but but actually being there in purpose and in person and, and seeing the ring live and you know playing around in that that crash pad high flyers ring and um, yeah, it, it's a whole nother level. It's just such a pristine facility and and the coaches there, not just the, the wrestling coaches, but like the strength and conditioning coach there and. 
they're just all such professionals, and they're all you can just tell that they are they are the elite, and it's the best of the best. There's, there's honestly no better place to, to learn the art of pro wrestling. It's I hope that none of them take it for, for granted because that is the absolute mecca. Um, so I actually, when I heard you were going to be on the show, Damien, I got in contact uh, with our mutual friend, uh, Russell Taylor, or Ryan Taylor, oh, um, in, in the US, and he said that you would have some interesting stories about your time in uh, San Bernardino, in the lovely parts of California. <laughs> the hood. Um, yeah. Uh, Mr. Taylor, we were, we were coming up together in California in 2007. He was pretty new at the time, and I was around about the same level, so we got, we got matched up quite naturally and we we had some pretty cool matches for for that time but yeah san bernardino was the home base and that's where we trained and i guess it's probably not a place most people have been to or heard of um except i'm sure there's been shootings and all sorts of uh, <laughs> gang related warfare but um yeah I, I lived in a little uh sweatbox apartment there for for six months and the stories i can't even I don't know where to start. There was one time I came back from training and there was a guy crouched in front of our front door holding a, a gun. That was good fun. So that pretty much sums up the experience well. Um, the amount of times I had to drop to the floor when I heard gunshots, was, <laughs> that was, uh, you know, paying your dues. It's all part of paying your dues, I guess. Absolutely. It's not something most Australian wrestlers have had to experience, though. No, no, that, that was a, that was a, a fun time. I, I'd go from... Oh, one time we joined a gang. That was my favorite. <laughs> this, is, this is a good one to tell. Um, we were coming home from... No, we weren't coming home from training. We were... I think we were just chilling out after training one day. And I was with Bobby Marshall uh, from Perth, who was a Perth wrestler. And um, he went out to, to clear the bins out and, and throw our trash in the, in the massive rubbish bin out the back. And he came back and he looked like he was in shock. And he said, guys, I think... I just joined a gang, and he told us the story. He he went out and went to uh, throw the bins out, and a, a car basically drove past full of uh, interesting-looking people with different coloured bandanas, and they decided to reverse and basically came up to him, called him over, and they gave him a, a secret handshake and just said, you know, if you need any help, we're here for you, and he just... They, as quickly as it happened, they drove off, and yeah, he walked away, a new member of the, uh, I, I don't know if it was the Bloods or the Crips or what, but <laughs> yeah, Bobby Marshall is in a gang. And now, the Mighty Don't Kneel obviously have far stricter methods of recruiting their new members. Mm -hmm. uh, you recently got a new member, I believe? Yep, Mikey Broderick. How, how was yep. the recruitment drive? Well, we just look for whoever's got the uh, the best physique, and, and that's pretty much it. You know, got a couple of guns, got some abs, and you're in. Simple as that. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> no, he's in tremendous shape, but that's uh, that's obviously not the reason why. Um, I, I'm one of the newest members of the crew. I've, I've I was only inducted uh, a year or two ago, but uh, yeah, Mikey is someone who has completely flown under the radar. For anyone who is uh, who's familiar with the New South Wales scene or the or the Canberra scene. He is someone who has been around for a long time, has uh, absolutely stolen the show anywhere he's gone. He was a part of a uh, tremendous tag team called the Fitness Maniacs who uh, used to wrestle all around Australia and even did a, a pretty successful stint in Japan a couple of times. And, and he's someone who 
I think for him, he's always had uh, multiple priorities, and uh, which has probably meant he he wasn't always at the forefront of, of independent wrestling in Australia. But um, when he has come back and put his mind to it, he has, like I said, he's stolen the show, and and he was our absolute only number one pick um, to come into the crew because he summarises what we stand for and he is certainly the elite of, uh, of Australian wrestling so I look forward to what Mikey brings he, he's the first ever representative from New South Wales so that uh, you know puts us into their territory with PWA and, and uh, you know I think we've got a war in our hands now um, just moving on to um, Wrestle Rampage coming up you're in a really big main event for the uh, championship yeah, big time, December 1st, uh, all or nothing. That's, um, it's a five-person uh, no-disqualification elimination match uh, for Jonah Rock's uh, Australian National Championship. And, um, I mean, the calibre of, of wrestler in that match is, is one thing. Um, but, you know, there's a lot a lot coming into this. You have myself, Jonah Rock, uh, AJ Istra, who's been an unsung hero this year, someone who, uh, originally from Queensland, someone who's traveled the world and, and most people probably don't know it he's he's wrestled in japan multiple times pro wrestling noah now based in adelaide and he's he'll be in the match and uh on top of that robbie hart another person who has wrestled all around the world wrestled in japan and he's you know he's got shot and then the last one is probably the the most uh i'd say mysterious or the most um the the, the most the toughest choice of them all and that's rat daddy and uh for anyone who's never heard of Rat Daddy, that's you know fair enough. He's only probably a year and a half, maybe two years into the game, if that. And from his very first night in Wrestle Rampage, he completely, completely took the uh, the Adelaide wrestling scene by storm. And uh, he is someone to look out for. He, I truly believe, he's probably the future of wrestling in Australia, and, and he'll have his shot as well. So. Yeah, big high stakes, massive match. Uh, the venue we're at is a brand new venue uh, for us. It's the Port Adelaide Recreation Centre, which is a huge uh, basketball stadium where I actually used to play uh, basketball for West Adelaide. So, um, yeah, a lot of nostalgia and history going into it. And uh, I think this will be a big step for Wrestle Rampage moving forward. And obviously full circle for you to win the title in the stadium where you played your basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, third time lucky. Um, I seem to have a thing with, with basketball stadiums. The last last time I won the Australian National Championship was in another basketball stadium that I uh, used to play. It was, used to be my home home turf. So, yeah, I think uh, any time a promotion can find a basketball stadium I've played in, I think I've got a good good chance. <laughs> As, sticking with the Wrestle Rampage theme, um, Hartley Jackson retired recently. You got any thoughts on him and his influence on... Uh, the local guys. Oh, he's the he's the godfather of, of wrestling in Australia. Um, he's he is responsible for so much and so many uh, talented people making their way overseas and around the country. Um, he was based in Adelaide and started Wrestle Rampage, and uh, he was actually responsible for the revival of, of wrestling in South Australia um, in the late nineties when there was nothing for, for many years, and then. He basically went to Perth and, and helped train them and, and did the same in reviving Perth wrestling. And more recently, through his ties with, uh, with Zero One and with WWE and, and New Japan, he's been able to 
make connections that otherwise weren't there. Um, I know for myself, he he was another person who, who got me into the, the system with WWE. He He's the one who got me to America. He got me to Japan. Um, Robbie Eagles, he, he got him to Japan the first time. He got Travis Banks to Japan. So, yeah, I mean, when most people, as you, you know, you probably would have seen on social media, most people are very grateful um, and thankful for the influence Hartley's brought. He's He has done tremendous things for this country. Um, and even though it's only now that Australian wrestling is really starting to see a boom period, uh, all you've got to do is look at the last 15 plus years and, and see the kind of... Uh, the, the foundation that he built for us all. No, that, that's good. I, yeah, I really wanted to mention him because yeah, a lot of the local talent, yeah, they did give their their thoughts and really put him over for what he did. So no, I appreciate that. Absolutely. And and he's and you know as as much he never said he retired. He's not retired. He uh, he's stepping from the ring for a while. He's been based in Japan the last couple of years, but uh, uh, he has some big things big things on the horizon and, and big things he's going to be doing in, in wrestling for sure is, is that going to be eating a lot of the burgers that he keeps sharing on social media <laughs> burgers and hot dogs and he, i don't think he's i don't think he's fussy about that either <laughs> or and we were lucky enough to see you in melbourne recently uh how was that big weekend uh the mcw weekend yes excellent that was uh the the most uh Insane audience I've ever experienced, without a doubt. Um, obviously, if you were there, you would have you would have felt that that uh, that audience and the passion they brought to, to the show. That was um, yeah, that was something else. And obviously, having the most hardcore fans from around the country all coming to the one spot was something that doesn't happen often. Um, so, yes, again, another experience I won't forget. I truly hope that that does help uh, continue to help build Australian wrestling I think if we can get uh, crowds like that and emotion like that out of, out of audiences all around the country that's that's what we should be striving for I think that's what we, we can eventually achieve because it was a it was a hot crowd but you guys uh, came out and set the tone for basically the whole weekend and and really uh, the crowd ate up what what you four were able to do in the ring <laughs> yeah yeah definitely definitely the the the, the Philippe's who we wrestled against are uh, uh, tremendous talent who I've always wanted to work with, um, young dudes who will do great things in, in pro wrestling if they stick with it. Um, so, yeah, couldn't have been happy to, to open the show and, and open with those two boys. I, I think there'll be um, more travelling fans. Like, you know, I know everyone come down for the WWE, and it was good that MCW put on the show, but I think more of the independent fans are going to travel around Australia. I know we're talking about going up to... PWI and stuff like that. Got to get over to Perth. So I think, you know, the bigger, the bigger the, the shows get, the more fans are going to be willing to travel, which is just going to make the scene grow even more. Oh, absolutely. And I think if, um, if you know, if crowd sizes pick up and more fans start traveling, I feel like promotions will be more likely to run bigger weekends, you know, double header weekends, you know, two or three shows back to back. I know some promotions have spoken about doing that, but it has to be, uh, financially viable um, to do so. It is something we used to do many years ago, um, running you know Friday or Saturday night or even a Saturday and Sunday. So um, yeah, I mean if fans can show that dedication and, and those crowd sizes can pick up and more and more sellouts start happening, then I think it, it can be a, a more not only a more profitable weekend for the promotions, but also the fans will get more out of it because you know they can 
really make a trip of it as they did in Melbourne recently. Yeah, definitely. And so just uh, before we let you go, you've been really generous with your time. Uh, where can people get their tickets and whatnot for this weekend's show? Uh, I hope there's still tickets left. So <laughs> showtickets.com.au is, is the website to grab your tickets to EPW Reawakening this Saturday night. Um, as I said, from all reports, not a huge amount left. So get in there quickly. Get in there. Don't wait till the night. Don't do, don't do the purse thing. Um, and it's an Adelaide thing too so I'm not going to throw stones but it's a local wrestling thing don't do the thing and and wait till you walk up there because you know there's there is a capacity if you get turned away that's that's how it is Um, massive show it's it's a massive night Um, not just our ladder match you have some of the absolute best and best unsung talent from around Australia on this show Um, it's not just your Jonah Rocks but it's you know Gavin McGavin Scotty Ryan You've got Julian Ward, you've got the Don, you've got so much great talent that doesn't, that don't necessarily get the exposure they should, yet are absolutely on the same level as anyone else in this country. So, um, yeah, for anyone attending, reawakening is uh, is a special night. It's it's a once a year event. It's not just the biggest show of the year. It's it's something else, and, and I trust that anyone who is going to experience this for the first time will completely understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, so definitely if you're a wrestling fan and you're in Perth this weekend, get your tickets sooner rather than later. Thanks a lot, Damien Slater, for joining us on the turnbuckle. Not a problem. Thanks for the chat. Thanks, mate. Welcome back to On The Turnbuckle on my podcast, House. That was the music of the Million Dollar Man, and I'll get into the reasons for playing that later. What an interview. What a great guy. Yeah, super guy. Really generous with his time, so no, much appreciated. And uh, it's just great to talk to someone who's gone through you know, some of that WWE system. Yeah, yeah absolutely, and I think he brings a, a wealth of experience uh, along with him. And gang membership, apparently. (laughs) Uh, Let's get on to the biggest event of the week, although in the the post-wash-up it hasn't been treated like that, but uh, Evolution happened on Sunday. What were people's thoughts on the show? Overall, I thought it was good, quite enjoyable. Every match was was good. Bar one. Which one would that be? The The opener... Lita was really, really rusty. Oh, my goodness. That, um, what's it even called? The will and wind in the wisp or yeah. whatever it is where she jumps on. Oh, it was ugly. The cringe was real. It was like being at BCW and seeing um, Sabu's partner do it. But there was no airtime at all. And look, credit for Lita for getting in the ring because um, I would, I wouldn't, I'd get even lower off the ground if I tried to do it. But I'm not on a WWE pay-per-view, so. Um, but... I mean, Rachel, or Danders, sorry, you don't want to be last time I did that. Uh, what, you've got some thoughts on this, and I want to hear them. <laughs> um, I feel like it just was treated a bit like a B-show. I think everything from the lead-up, um, with the exception of the wrestling, I think that the wrestling was of a phenomenal calibre. I think everything from when I saw Naomi come out and there was no glow lighting, I was like, this is a budget of a... 
1998 house show. I was just, it didn't feel like that they were treating it with the respect that it deserved. Um, but it was awesome to see that the, the performers, you know, they all went all in and, and made sure it was a fantastic show. Uh, yeah, and the reasoning being that they had to get all of the stuff over for Raw and SmackDown. While I understand that, they, they had a while to plan their shows. They could have put them uh, close to each other, so they could have moved the sets. Um, and the show was great, and I think it was in spite of what WWE did to promote the show, because the women who performed on that show were amazing, and the crowd were really hot. They didn't have the smarky smart arsey crowd uh trying to shit on everything they had people who were there because they wanted to watch the women wrestle and they wanted they wanted them to do well and they, they bloody did yeah when was the last time you saw a show that didn't have a what chant or a cm punk chant i think it was yeah really well respected yeah i think collectively like with the the workers in the ring and the crowd they want to push wrestling one way and wwe just want to you know, like padded along a little bit instead of just going, you know, these women are as f- talented as anyone in the world. So they, they should be on, you know, promoted just like the guys. And, well, the fans brought their A game and so did the the wrestlers. And like you said, WWE didn't, and, you know, maybe in, in spite of WWE, you know, what could it have been if WWE bought right into it? Well, hopefully they've seen the potential here and we'll see this as at least as an annual event but i'd like i'd I'd, I'd be happy with quarterly women's um women's only shows and and they don't need to be pay-per-views you could have quarterly women's you know signpost shows where the the difference between a women's raw match and this was they were given time to to tell a story in the ring and all of them did like the main event everyone was sort of negative when that was booked but Nikki Bella did a phenomenal job of telling us telling the story she needed to tell, and I, I, that was as enjoyable as any other match. But obviously, we'd like to talk about possibly match of the year in WWE. Yeah, absolutely. I think that term's been thrown thrown around a, a fair bit, and, and with good reason. I think that Charlotte and Becky, which was pretty much the only match with an actual build heading into or a decent build heading into the uh, show. And um, what a performance. I think that they were given a, an appropriate amount of time. It didn't drag on, but it gave uh, what should be now a closing to their to their feud. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think it will be a close to the feud. Uh, but that was as good a last... Because last person standing matches can be boring as you just wait for a referee to count yeah. to 10, wait for them to count to 10... But those ladies have had put some really inventive spots into the match, the burying with chairs and whatnot. Like, you know, they're clever little spots that keep you on the edge of your seat. And you weren't sure which way the match would go. And I'm, I'm glad that Becky won. Yeah, I, I think she, she had to win, you know, because the way her character is going, you know, now, you know, she's going to be loved by everyone. How good is her new statement of uh, "I am the man"? I, I love that. Yeah, right. it's and good. I love it. But she believes it as well. It's not just a tagline. No, but I yeah. love that she's using the word "man." Like yeah. I, I'm the man. None of none of the guys are the man. Yeah, and she is the biggest baby face in WWE at the moment. They should be putting her at the center of any SmackDown show. Yep, hundred percent. 
Yeah, and I liked it, especially at the ending. I feel like with uh, last person standing matches, you often get like something's holding the person down or they've been knocked out. Just watching Charlotte struggling to get up but still trying but then being unable to, I think that was a really good twist on the ending as well. Yeah, and it's it's actually legitimate if you've ever seen, like if you've ever been hit and been concussed, <laughs> you do try to get to your feet, you get the jelly legs and you do go back down. So the selling from Charlotte was, was really good. And if you watch the match back, both women did that a few times where they only just got to their yeah. feet at the last minute. Yeah, um, it was, and it was super believable too because there was a couple of times there I'm thinking, oh, this could be the finish. Just the way, yeah, like you said, the way they sold, you know, the jelly legs leading up to the finish, you know, it was good. Yeah, and so, yeah, well, I think, so the the general consensus is let's see more of this. Oh, 100%. They even got a battle royal to be enjoyable to watch. That was a well-booked battle royal. Yeah. Probably the second best battle royal I've ever seen behind the one that was at All In at this, earlier this year. Yeah. And... I think All In set a standard that battle royals don't need to be forearm, forearm, forearm. You can you can do things in a battle royal. I really liked Zelina Vegas' spot <laughs> at the end. Like, she's a good wrestler. She's being vastly underutilized. Ah, oh, they're, they're they're a good ta- uh, tandem pair. So, but you know, you've always got that up her sleeve when you know maybe they do the split later on. So, and the good. iconics uh, that they they don't need they don't need to to do well in the ring because. I guess their characters are strong enough, but, geez, I was a bit disappointed when they got thrown out. And my other point about Evolution was usually, like, obviously a lot of us, we can't watch pay-per-views live because of work and whatnot, and usually it's fairly easy to avoid spoilers. It was almost impossible to avoid spoilers for this show because not only were people talking about it, watching it, enjoying it, um, half of the Australian wrestlers I follow on social media were in the crowd. <laughs> and to see what it meant to people like Shazza McKenzie and Indy Hartwell, um, that tells you that this, what this is doing for, 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 for performers who aren't in WWE, but also, I mean, I imagine young girls, young boys with their sisters, like, we, we, we need this. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, going forward, you know, it's just going to promote, and hopefully they do. Uh, more regular shows and just show that women can be equal to the men, you know, because there's no reason not. The talent is out there. And then they obviously backed it up by having a throwaway women's match on Monday Night Raw with a five-person tag team match. Yeah, not to mention waiting about 20 minutes into the show to mention that Evolution even happened the night before. Yeah, it was... um, It it seems like a false start. Like, you've got a big advantage... And then the next night, uh, they've forgotten that it happened. Yeah, it felt like Raw, maybe it was written before Evolution. They didn't realise what was actually going to take place. They've got pens. They can rewrite it. No, I know that. But, you know, Roman's the guy. Really, I don't know. Sometimes the way they do their nice PR seems like they're pushing it. Hmm. Yeah, so from chocolates to boiled lollies, though. So we had evolution, and then this week, this was it going to be Saturday outside, Saturday morning? Uh, I don't know what's yeah, on. Yeah, it's but... Friday night, I think. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, the reason I played Million Dollar Man's uh, music is because WWE disappointingly have and predictably taken the money over morals, um, and they're going ahead with evolution. I'm oh, sorry, Crown Jewel. Uh, what's it? What are they? Are you watching it? I won't be watching it. 
I also won't be watching it. Um, I don't want to watch it. I'm going to watch it to shit on it next week. Is that an acceptable reason? Dan forgives you. He's already said he's going to forgive everyone. Yeah. Can I steal... What if I don't watch it on the network and I, was I steal say the that. stream? I was going to say that. Does I, that make it acceptable? I, I actually cancelled my membership, uh, my subscription, after Evolution. So... I'll be just stealing their stuff from now on. If they're, gonna, if they're going to take blood money, they're not going to get real money out of me. Yeah, fair call. Yeah, fair call. I actually respect that. I have no respect for myself, though, so... <laughs> someone's got to watch it. You, someone's, yeah. yeah. But did you see uh, they managed to, thankfully, sneak another American into the World Cup because I was worried that that country were grossly <laughs> underrepresented. Look, at least it's politically incorrectly a little bit more color into the because not only are they all americans that's it's fairly caucasian in the best of the world so now it's um six white americans a hispanic american and an african-american yeah walked into a bar (laughs) that's that's the world in wwe's eyes i guess uh yeah i don't know this i would like santino to make a comeback for this they have an italian-american yeah, I don't know. This whole show just seems unforgivable for for mine. And, you know, and I understand it puts the employees or the workers in a in a tough spot. You know, I really did have high hopes that John Cena and Daniel Bryan being kudos to them, uh, amazing. I mean, obviously Daniel Bryan he doesn't need WWE's money for the way he lives. So he can just make these stands well, without. Well, how much does a tent cost? <laughs> yeah, you know, but he. He can make these stands with not fear of being fired because he can just go off and do the wrestling he wants to do anyway, probably. And John Cena, yes, he hasn't been vocal about it, but he has a new career Boy, that he's trying look, to... We could, all, we could all be critical and hypercritical and say, John Cena, yeah, it's in his best interest not to go, but he's not going. And no. he's not going because he doesn't think it's the right thing to do. And yep. that's something that's been very rare in 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 professional wrestling over the journey yeah well it's it's it's, well they're in a tough spot yeah they're they're employees and they're probably making a lot more money just going for this it's a glorified house show really um you know families and stuff like that it's very tough i know if my boss come to me and said hey you have to do something like this for double the money I'm a family man too, so you still have to question. But you're not you're not earning you're not earning the money that they're earning. Is a like I understand that for you you lower down the card. Like if you were just new to the main roster, um, but if I was even AJ Styles, but I mean he's a big Trump guy, so yeah. <laughs> on the plus side, I did hear um, today that Renee Young is rumored to be on the commentary team for the show. I know that's the token female. She'll be in long sleeves, though, people. Yeah. Yeah. But knowing WWE, next next opening of Monday Night Raw, they'll open with Renee being super progressive. Uh, breaking down barriers in Saudi Arabia. Um, that's how WWE well, will she, spin it. She can drive a car there now, so that's <laughs> yeah. that's something. And she can wrestle. Uh, she can commentate wrestling. So, I don't know. WWE, I don't know. It's... I enjoy Renee's commentary too. No, she is. She's very good. Very good. I um, especially enjoyed when Dean Ambrose turned and Renee was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) He would have got a stern talking to when he got home that night. Yeah, and just I'm trying to imagine if um, like 
sitting next to Michael Cole ripping it into my boyfriend and just being like, just settle down, mate. <laughs> He's a good person. You haven't heard his reasons. Because <laughs> <laughs> she did say at the start, no, they hadn't rang him much when he was injured. So, like, there was, there's the reason. There are reasons, but as a babyface commentator that she is, it's obviously her and Corey might need to switch for when it's an Ambrose match, which they, they'll be able to they're, they're pros. They'll be able to do it. Yep. Um, did anyone watch SmackDown? Yeah, I uh, caught most of it. I didn't watch any of it. No. Uh, and they've given away the main event of SmackDown was... Uh, it was to be AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. And um, oh, this is for Crown Jewel. Yeah, they, they, uh, did, they, they did the Crown Jewel main yeah. event. Yeah. And um, they managed to do a very not convincing injury to Daniel Bryan. He's now... Injured for till next week's SmackDown, I assume. <laughs> yes, it was a it was just Samoa Joe's normal finisher that injured him. Yeah, yep. he would obviously be still asleep at Crown Jewel. Yeah, so the match that um, probably the only match everyone wanted to see at Crown Jewel has now been altered to the match that we've seen for the last three shows. At least, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Samoa Joe versus Daniel uh, versus AJ Styles. Um, I wonder if Wendy will be making the trip. <laughs> Might be picking someone up from the airport on the way home. AJ's got five kids. How come only one of them's being mentioned in this feud? Probably couldn't get the rest of the SAG card. (laughs) And uh, the Super Juniors have been uh, ongoing. Lyle, have you been keeping up to date with that? I've been trying my hardest to keep up to date with it. Uh, I'm pretty sure Robbie Eagles is mathematically... out. Last match is tonight, I think. Yeah, so... Boo! Yeah. Come on, there's an untapped resource over here. But, um, no, it's been good. All the all the tournament matches are good, and um, Tanahashi and Okada shaking hands like the mega powers. That, that popped me big time during the week. Did uh, anyone else manage to catch uh, Leaping Lanny Poffo's commentary? Yeah, that was rubbish. Um, I think I could understand more listening to the Japanese commentary, to be honest. Um <laughs> He yeah, literally he, thought it was 1983. And he was con- trying to get himself over. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, yeah. he was just making up backstories. He was talking about, about like, Filey being a New Zealand rugby player. and uh, Kayfabe, brother. Kayfabe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he realised that wrestling's out of the bag. But uh, good good luck to him. Payday for him, you know. His last one, I'm assuming. I think they're still going to keep him around for a little bit. But they, Don Callis is going to be back in his regular spot with kevin kelly so that's praise the lord yeah thank god (laughs) uh i managed i um went to the bcw show on friday night and uh it was a typical bcw show like some great workers some awful crowd involvement classic Uh, bcw crowd yeah yeah i mean like Look, there were a couple of poets in the crowd because someone brought along his sign and started a chant, Mad Dog is a Mad Dog. Well, that technically does rhyme. No, it doesn't. You can't. Mad. Nothing rhymes with itself. Uh. Anyway, I digress. Um, obviously, there was a lot of... Uh, there was a change to the card because Sid was, you know, basically not treated that well by the promotion, I'll be honest, and couldn't come to terms... For them to do, they wanted to do a, a death match at his normal rate, and I wouldn't expect anybody to put their body on the line like that uh, for you know, not getting you know, some danger money. Yeah, and try and imagine going to work and just be like, "Well, you've got your normal chair, but we've put barbed wire on it, 
and we're not going to pay you any extra, but you just sit here for the day. Yeah. Well, I didn't even go to the show because they fresh aired me on Facebook, so I couldn't imagine trying to do I, a death match. I fresh air you on Facebook all the time. <laughs> you keep coming back here. <laughs> Someone's got to make sure you hit the record button. Um, but the, the the death match ended up being Mad Dog versus Nick Berry, and credit to Nick Double Duty, and it was it's the first death match I've ever seen in person, and it's not my favourite style of wrestling, but it was intriguing. And Mad Dog probably does it better than anybody else at telling... It told a story. Nick was super brave and took all the bumps that you would hate for someone that you cared about to take. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had a a brief uh, back and forth with him the next day. He was a bit sore and relying on Red Red Dead Redemption to get him through the weekend, Um, like many of us were. Uh, but I wanted to talk about deathmatch wrestling in general. What, what do you guys think about it? Me, personally, I'm not really a fan of it unless Jimmy Havoc is doing it because <laughs> he does it in an entertaining way. So does so does Mad Dog. Was no, no, I understand, understand that. But, you know, like some of the videos I've seen, oh, I don't like the back is covered in blood and they're going through light tubes. You know, Jimmy Havoc, his biggest spot is a paper cut. You know, it, that's cringeworthy, but we it's, know it's clever. It's KP, but mm. it's so, you know, blurring those lines and he's super entertaining when he does it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, I can't get over that hump. It just makes and me uneasy. The female opinion on deathmatch wrestling. Um, Eight year old Danders loved it. Um, <laughs> who didn't just wanted blood, just enjoyed watching people bleed. Um, look, if there's reasoning for it, I feel like as an end to maybe like a long-standing feud or something, there is a place for it. On a side note, I was actually talking to my friend this week and saying, why do they call Mick Foley the king of hardcore when he would always lose? <laughs> I, could not, I was going through all these matches. I'm like, he loses a lot of hardcore matches. I'm not sure how you get the, the, the king title there. The Hardys lost a lot of ladder matches because Edge and Christian always won them. <laughs> yeah, fair call, fair call. That's why when he was on um, saying that he wasn't, you know, he had to fight his way. I was like, mate, they've been grooming you since WrestleMania 16. Sorry, tangent. What were we talking? Death matches. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I'm. to me, I feel like the the spots and the gore take away from the actual wrestling itself. So unless you have two people who are, as I said, at the end of maybe a long feud, otherwise not really interested. Yeah. It needs to, I mean, wrestling's all about stories and... A death match when done where good workers can still tell a story, but it needs to be the final chapter in a, in a long story. Uh, my only other issue was that BCW have signs up at the door that say uh, family-friendly wrestling, um, and they were selling children's tickets to the show, and then they're running a death match, which I don't think is really appropriate. No. One, I wouldn't take my kids to a BCW <laughs> show anyway, just due to the, cra- the crowd. Um <laughs> It's not the whole crowd. It's it's, no, it, it's it, one it pocket of the crowd. It's yeah. like six blokes. Yeah. yeah. And they are the most... And it's the vocal minority. Yeah. They've all got the same haircut, short on top, long at the back, you know. <laughs> Some of them, I swear, wear fedoras. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. No, fedoras are good. Uh, you, you went out to Sunbury to watch last week's guest, Jake Lindo, and let's just... I want to give Lindo a shout-out for last week's interview because I have never had better feedback. 
never had better feedback on one of our guests. He was hilariously funny. He was generous and open and... Um, I mean, we fell in love with him while he was in here talking to us. No, definitely. Super raw in parts, which is not normally what we do. You know? It's not normally what he does. Yeah, so I was, I was just proud of ourselves to give him that environment that he felt comfortable. Um, always putting yourself over the line. <laughs> the podcast over, not just myself. But yeah, I had a had a nice chat to him on Saturday night. You know, and he worked his ass off Saturday night. I tell you what, he bounced a basketball on stage to interrupt a match. <laughs> and I will tell you what, Nick Burry's got nothing on what Linda had to do Saturday night. So nah. it's doing opposite Alan Payne. I'm not yeah. sure I'd get the basketball back <laughs> if I had to worry about Alan Payne. But no, it's a really enjoyable show. Um, Premier Pro, it was their one year anniversary. Um, super different crowd to BCW. I'm pretty sure 90% of the people there still don't know what wrestling is. They think it's real? I, yes, one hundred percent they did. Uh, but yeah, really good show. Like there's a, a young tag team there, Raw Beef. I think Crackerjack mentioned them a few episodes yeah, ago. Look at NAW a lot. Yes, uh, they have a ton of potential. Um, they're in the ring with uh, Preston, uh, the Preston Kindred, I think they're called. Yeah, they were the, the night before. He made them look like a million bucks. So yeah, that was good. Uh, the main event. Versus Ali and Pitbull was just a it was a babyface match, which the crowd actually ate up. So that was good. There was a an interesting battle royal. wasn't as good as the Evolution battle royal. I'll give you that. But um, the match of the night for me was Jet Roker. I think you say it uh, versus Tyson Baxter. These are two of the best young up and comers. Now, David Storm put these guys over about a week ago, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, maybe two weeks ago, because they were over for the Perth Royal show. And I, I spoke to Jet, and while he was over there, he had 23 or 24 matches in eight days. So, you know, you can't buy that experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, so these two guys, if if you see their names pop up on any local shows... I applaud you. You should go see these guys. They, they're going to be the... They the do all the flippy shit, yeah? They super Will Ospreay fans, I'm assuming. Uh, but, yeah, very good. You know, it was a little bit lost on that crowd. But, you know, if they got to a more indie-rific crowd, oh, the crowd would have eaten it up. So it would be good to see them on uh, an MCW crowd. Amazing. Like that. They'd be really appreciated. Now, I believe they're working at the next Warzone show. Yes, as a tag team. So that would be another interesting way. I'm, I'm definitely going to go to that, too. Just to, just because of these guys, they've sold me a Warzone ticket. I'm going to go because I um I'm scared of Uncle Pitbull. Yeah, and you probably still got an apology for the backstage announcing you did. If you can call. It that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. Like it's just good to see little, little local shows like that be really entertaining. Yeah. Uh, because we've got so much talent in Victoria that we need places for them to work on the weeks where we don't have the big shows, and you know you can. Get your first taste of wrestling like around the corner from your house if you live in Sunbury, and that might make you then curious to see what else is out there. Go to an Underworld show, go to a um, MCW show, go to a PCW show. Yeah, NAW. Look, yeah, some of those smaller shows. You know, they got the the younger talent, which you know, and it was there would have been two hundred and fifty people there from my head count, so I could be either. So there's probably 
Probably. You would have been way off. Yeah, yeah. either way. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be way off. It was off. full. It was full. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was standing room only when I got there. I um, I didn't uh, speak to Damien Slater beforehand about... Did you do that thing you usually do where you put on a limp and pretend that you need someone else's chair? Or Do you know how many knee reconstructors I've had from football? It's not a put on that limp, okay? And no, I leant against the wall. <laughs> like a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, I was the cool guy. <laughs> Um, so upcoming shows, uh, Friday, November the 2nd, PCW Slam is on at Ferntree Gully, where the younger members of the PCW Performance Centre get to work. Uh, PWSA will farewell their old arena with Friday Night Fights, and Wollongong, there's Rock and Roll Wrestling, uh, 15 bucks a ticket, so, uh, what's on Saturday, Lyle? Because I'm not good at reading. Oh, uh, on Saturday, we've got the Australian Wrestling Revolution. They have their debut debut show in Adelaide, where you can catch Jake Lindo, uh, which we spoke about last week. I wonder if they've announced his opponent yet, or booked his flight. I hope he's got his flights booked. <laughs> no, and then, like we I spoke... Think his accommodation was sorted, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it, yeah. <laughs> Just he hasn't got the flight yet. That's all right. Get in the car, mate. You'll be right. Um, EPW, obviously, they're running their massive... Reawakening 17. It's still mind-blowing. Yeah. Uh, on Saturday night as well, yeah, that should be one of the cards of the year. So I can't wait for that to go up online because, you know, that'll be sought after. We'll all be watching that. Uh, PCW on Saturday night and Ferntree Gully. Yeah. I think Aisha's wrestling against um, Wake on that show. Yeah. So that'd be fun. Yeah, that, that, that should be very interesting. Uh, Queensland Wrestling Alliance. They've got Hardcore Halloween. Um, I think that might have been last week, and I even deleted off the. Yeah, I was actually. I was going to say they were a week behind, but seems like something I would do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, anyone else got anything else before I uh, put this show in the rack and hopefully save it so it can be uh, heard? Yeah, heard by more than just us. Is that no, me? I have nothing yeah, else. No, I'm all talked out. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, make sure you check out our Facebook or our Twitter. Uh, subscribe on iTunes or whatever the Android version of that is, or Spotify. Yeah, Spotify. Leave us a review, especially if it's five stars. If it's less, you know, you can probably review someone else's show. Um, seven stars in Japan. <laughs> seven stars in Japan. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks, Danders, for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, thanks for coming in. It's uh, much better than having Tony. He's grumpy, mask-wearing. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Tony, for editing this. (laughs) You've been listening to On The Turnbuckle.